You are now listening to Raise the W, recorded at the School of Communication inside the Hickey Audio Lab on the beautiful campus of Western Michigan University. Come aboard and hear the people, stories, and impact of Western Michigan University. Here's your host, Tim Tarantine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raise the W, the podcast that explores all that is amazing about our university, Western Michigan University. I'm your host, Tim Tarantine, and today is another special day to be a Bronco. I have with me in studio none other than our head baseball coach, Coach Billy Gernon. Coach, what's up, man? Not much, Tim. Great to be here. Uh, 30 days away from school, getting rolling, we're ready to start another season. That's thanks, right. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's right. You are returning uh, this past season from a huge season. You won the 2016 MAC tournament, the Mid-American Conference tournament, uh, and we're going to get to that later. But before we do and tell the folks about that journey, we need to know about Coach Gernon's journey. Where'd you grow up? Tell me about what it was like growing up in your neighborhood. Well, I grew up in a couple different neighborhoods. I don't want to go country song here, but grew up in a broken home. I uh, raised my brother when I was younger, um, so I was in a couple different towns, moved to a couple different elementary schools, but it was southern Indiana, yeah. so I can't seem to get rid of the draw, uh, and, and that's, that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm used to it, but uh, my mom moved my brother and I around a little bit, and then we kind of settled in southern Indiana. I went to New Albany High School in New Albany, Indiana, and then after that, I ended up at Indiana University Southeast. Okay, kind of what city is that in? That's in New Albany as that's well. That's in New Albany as well, okay. Yeah, um, was lucky enough to be mentored by uh, the, the AD and the basketball coach there named Jim Morris, who the basketball court's been named after, just a really special person. And um, I ended up playing baseball there as a late developer, late bloomer. Yeah. Uh, things kind of blew up for me in a good way, and then ended up transferring to IU, made the baseball team at IU, and that's where I finished uh, my playing career in 1990 and my first, my first degree. My second degree came from IPFW. Yeah. Um, I went home. Um, just quick story. My, my brother passed away in a car accident when I was mm. in college. He was in high school. It was an after school, just silly accident. Mm. Luckily for us, we don't have to live with anything other but that. Um, but it, it was a door that I walked through that changed my life forever. Mm. Um, and some good things came from it. Obviously, some bad things did too. But um, I used it to fuel me, went back to school at IU, finished up that degree, and then got out, kind of went home, trying to take care of my parents a little bit. And, the, you know, I was uh, passionately selling life insurance like crazy. Yeah. But it became not my passion. The game was that my brother and I played. So I went back to school at IU to become a teacher and um, joined the coaching staff as a student assistant. They had a big year. I ended up finishing my degree at IPFW where I met my wife. And everything just kind of took off from there and been in Western now, starting my eighth season. That is a country song. That is a country song. It my is. Gosh, there's so many questions I want to explore with you. Um, what What was the thing you thought you wanted to be? So before you and your brother uh, started to get into this baseball thing, was there anything else you dreamed about? Because you got other loves. You love music. You love radio. You love. I, I mean, do. You got a lot of other loves. Tell us about what happened before you fell in love with baseball. Well, I wanted to be a pro baseball player. That'll shock you. I wanted to be a pro basketball player. Uh, I wanted to be some kind of a sp involved in sports. I just sport. couldn't get away get away from it. Uh, I loved golf. I played all all the sports through high school, but it just kept going back to baseball. I do have a passion for music. Um, 
owned a DJ service for several years after I graduated yeah. from college. I played the acoustic guitar. Um, so I don't know where it would have ended up, Tim. I think that my uh, passion is to teach and to affect and impact. Yeah. And and I I think I've been given a gift or the blessing or the burden of a little bit of power of influence. And, yeah. and I think that I can affect people's lives in the the passing of my brother made that even more of a passion of mine. So I was going to become an English teacher. And then um, when I almost accepted a job, the IPFW head baseball coaching job opened up in 1999. I threw my hat in there and I, and I got the job, quite honestly, with no coaching experience. And that's where wow. it all kind of got started. How amazing is that? It's been a long journey. It's been a great journey. The game's kind of been a surrogate father for me since I was a kid. It kind of took care of me, helped raise me. My brother and I spent a lot of time at the ballpark. And there's good families everywhere, but there's really good families at ballparks. And it kind of helps you stay out of trouble. Mm. And uh, we would be there at the ballpark because it was in the neighborhood, whether we were playing or not. So the game kind of raised me, and I've got a mentality of wanting to repay it and to serve it. And I think if I had another 100 years to coach, it'd be hard to do for what the game has provided for not only me, but for my family, for my my own mental health, my sure. own personal satisfaction, yeah. and the uh, the relationships of people that I've met, Tim. There's great beauty in that game, right? For the for the listeners who aren't sports fans, uh, and maybe for those who are, baseball is one of those kind of quote-unquote American traditions, right? It's a very traditional game. There's a lot to baseball. And there's a lot of conversation about baseball and how it needs to change with the times, with the Twitter generation. Yeah. It's not... It's it's the kind of game you go sit to with your dad and take three or four hours of the day, but who has three or four hours in a day today, right? And so how how do you as a coach and a lover of this sport, how do you respond to that about the power of this game, particularly with student athletes in the collegiate setting? How does baseball still have power? I think it does. I think it has great influence. I think it's a, an oxymoron that it's a very fast but slow game. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I talked to our soccer coaches uh, Lauren and Chad, and they talk about how boring baseball is, but they love it. But yet they think soccer is not boring when it's zero oh, right. to zero is a good game, you yeah, know. Right. But I understand and I respect their game just like they respect ours. Sure. It is ever evolving, and I think that our world is. And I think when you're a mentor and you're a teacher, you're either evolving or you're getting lost. You're dying. You are. Yeah. And I think it's in business. And, sure. and I know that's things that we're, we're continuing to strive for here at Western from the top down. Um, so that's what I would say that the game hasn't changed. I think the people and the times have just like anything else from the model T to the Corvette. I mean, things change and you just go with that and you adjust to it because it's still a very authentic, very genuine, very chess like game that I have a, I have a fond appreciation for now at the same time, I got a great passion to watch Zach Terrell hit up with Corey Davis or watch Thomas Wilder put a move on somebody. The speed of that game is a little bit better for me as a fan. Mm. But as a a nostalgist sports fan of baseball, the more I've gotten to know it and understand it, the more I've learned to love it. Well, your passion has me more interested in it, right? I didn't didn't grow up in in a space where baseball was something a lot of people played. I had one friend who was really good at baseball. And he went on to play in college, right? But I, to this day, I think I went to see him play twice, right? And he was my he was my best buddy. So baseball wasn't something that was well known to me, but people like you have helped me realize how much passion there is in that game. 
And, and from watching it, you all make it look too easy. But there's a million things going on with the swipe of a finger across your nose <laughs> that on TV you don't know means anything, but you might have just changed the game with one hand movement. That's true. There's a lot of nonverbal communication that goes on in the game, and the yeah. higher you get, the more protected and guarded and coached you have to be to your adversary to be able to overcome them trying to steal your strategy. So yeah. uh, you spend a lot of time with that, trying to protect your signs with runners at second base, trying to send in you know, subtle verbal conditions, maybe to run a pick or something like that. Yeah. And it becomes a true chess game. It really it does. Is. Sometimes uh, so many errors are made and so many home runs are made that none of that even matters. <laughs> but the one thing about the game, uh, you could watch um, every MLB game that's available and not one of them would be similar. Uh, that's a true statement. It that's could right. be a clean game, a dirty game loaded with errors. It could be a no-hitter, a 50-hitter. Yeah. It could be back in the day when Mark Grace came in to pitch for the Cubs because it got it. You know, it just you right. just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that baseball and football bring those unique nuances to the table as much. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's the last we're going to talk about baseball, and, and, except for the championship run. Uh, but let's get back to what one of your other passions, which I know is leadership. You and I, we talk back and forth and text back and forth and Twitter back and forth, leadership stuff. You are, like me, a leadership junkie. Define it. What does it mean? Well, I think a leader, uh, ironically enough, leads, and he's a, a flashlight. It's a, it's a beacon, mm. uh, maybe like a, a ship lost at sea sometimes, uh, Wisdom is a, a weird teacher, and I think the older you get, the more wisdom you have. If you have wisdom, it's like getting the test first and the lesson later. And when you have so many tests and you fail so many times, you've got the experience. And I think is, I think you almost have to be a little bit older to have wisdom. I hope I continue to gain it. But then I become somebody that wants to share it with the players, and they can take whatever they want from it, probably just like you and I do. Yeah. I remember seeing the first time I saw you speak um, over in the business department, and I remember yeah. you throwing out the moment of truth that Proctor Gamble talks about, sure. the moment, the buying moment. I'll never forget that. So mm-hmm. I, I steal things from you. I stole some things from you in your Catalyst speech and so forth. I'm flattered. Yes. Thank I'm you. flattered that you have one friend. You told yeah. me earlier you had one friend. I'm surprised. I thought you would have many more than that. Hey, man, people <laughs> are a second. But... Uh, I take a great passion in it. I've even tried to continue to develop myself and evolve and spend more time in my day uh, in creating what's called a legacy team with baseball. And those guys, they're, they're what I consider the leaders of the team, even though I think all of them are. It might be a dozen guys that come into my office, and it's typically weekly. And we talk about just that, their legacy, how they want to be remembered. From the minute they step on campus, wow. they've got four years or maybe five to determine how they're remembered. And your players graduate. Your players go on to do great things. I mean, you. They do. The program is successful. Believe it or not. Brag a little bit. I mean, you all have a great. You got a great GPA. I mean, your team has really made the university proud. Well, I appreciate that. We work very hard at it to just uh, give the guys a sense of pride and to move out and be productive people in society as you have become. As hopefully the people see that I have become. I think that's an obligation and a responsibility that I have. And when Kathy Beauregard offered me the best job I've ever had, yeah. I felt like I needed to take things to another level. If I'm going to ask a player to take it to another level, I think i got to be the first one to do that. Yeah. So I do it by trying to um, explain, describe, discuss, and, and with open 
oration, have guys understand what leadership is and talk about what their legacy is and how they want to be remembered and what truly is a great teammate. And I think a lot of it starts with community service, mm. serving people that have no opportunity to do anything back for you. Back, I, I really think that's what it is. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time with United Way's Big Brothers program and uh, been matched up with kids trying to help out. We've done things with Special Olympics. We've been to the Children's Hospital. We do things with the Veterans Hospital out of Battle Creek. So just trying to reach out. Our, our grades have been outstanding uh, over a 3.0 every semester, and, and I like to hang my hat on that stuff. Yes. But the MAC Tournament Championship was special as well. Well, let's get right into it, man. So you, you did not win the conference. You were not the conference champion. Correct. But just like in the NCAA with basketball, there is then a tournament Correct. that determines your entrance into the dance, the big dance, which is the NCAA baseball tournament. Tell us quickly about that journey. Who'd you beat? But then what was the moment for you during that entire tournament experience? What was the thing that blew you away? There were several, but one does stand out. And, you know, we started that season 0-11, and we had lost six games by one run. And it was a testament to the leadership that we had not me, but the seniors on that team that just kept everybody positive. Kept playing. We kept playing. Yeah. And we kept moving, and we knew that if we kept moving, something good could happen. If we didn't, we knew what was going to happen. So to those guys' credit, they just kept playing, and then all of a sudden we got hot in the second half of the season. It was also a year, most people don't know, where they reconstructed the conference because um, not Buffalo, but uh, I already forgot who dropped out. Temple? No. Um, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, there was a team that dropped out of the conference. They redid the schedule. Yeah. And um, we ended up with nine home conference games. Just nine. Yeah. So we ended up playing 11 home games that year because of it. It was Akron. It was Akron yeah. who dropped baseball. And and um, so we didn't have the luxury of hitting last very often. We didn't have the luxury of staying sleeping in our own beds and weather in Kalamazoo makes things challenging for us too but we just kept grinding we ended up qualifying for the MAC tournament which we have six out of my seven seasons we are 10 and 11 in the postseason yeah and 27 28 years of the MAC tournament before I got hired we were 4 and 18 so yeah. those are numbers that I'm, I'm really proud of sure. kind of like our points of pride here at Western yeah, Michigan yeah, you yeah. talk about things that are important don't bury the headlines right yeah. absolutely um so the guys kept grinding. We get into the MAC tournament, uh, Tim, and we we knock off Ball State. Uh, we knocked off the one, two, three, and the five seed, and wow. ended up beating Kent State, the one seed in the championship game, to just to remove all doubt. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're a lower seed, they want to say, well, you know, it caught lightning in a bottle. This was a good team going into the right. season. You beat everybody up front. We did. We did, and we beat them convincing. You know, when you put 12 runs up. Uh, and then you have Keegan Aiken, who was a second yeah. rounder, was the highest draft pick since 1970, highest signing bonus in school history, MAC Tournament Player of the Year MVP. Wow. He was the MVP of the MAC Tournament. Connor Smith was Freshman of the Year. So it was it was a special special season, first NCAA tournament bid since 1989. That was That's at right. Louisville, who was a number two national seed. Got beat six to one on Friday night in front of a sold out crowd. They wow. turned around and beat Ohio State the next night, 18 to one. So. Ooh, I, if you feel good about a six to one loss, I guess you do. If they beat the Buckeyes eighteen to eighteen sure. to nothing or eighteen to one, so it was a special special season, Tim. But I would put put one in it, and it was, I guess it was just to see 
not a one instant, but a gathering of the leadership of the seniors that actually decided to drive the leadership bus. Nobody sat in the back seat and watched me drive it. They actually took over the team bus. What a dream for you. It was. It was. And was it the best team I ever coached? I I don't know. Uh, It was a good team, and it was, but it was just riddled with character, integrity, perseverance, uh, class, sportsmanship, and determination on things that I've never seen. Within it, uh, a young man on the team had stage four cancer, and it affected the team. Obviously, I think it had an effect on us early. And then when he had surgery and was declared cancer-free in March, it was kind of a relief for yeah. our guys. I'm sure energizing our, too, right? It was. I think yeah. it took a, a monkey off of our back in a sense that we felt like maybe we were a little weighed down by it. And um, one thing led to another, and we just hit the finish line at full speed. It was it was special, very special. First one in school history. That's right, first ever. Yes. Well, congratulations to you, Coach. You've been really generous with your time, and I know time is on us. Um, when you think about the future of Western Michigan University baseball, if you could summarize it in a word, what would word would you use to summarize what we've got to look forward to under your leadership and with these great young men uh, that have come here to this university? That's a great question. Thank you. I normally don't get stumped. Um, we'll edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> One word to describe it. Leaders. Mm, I love it. That's it. Are you ready? Let's finish this thing. Well, that's what I want to make our guys. I want to make our guys leaders in whatever they choose to do. They are leaders. And I want them to feel like they're Broncos for life and that this is their alma mater. And in Latin, that's translated nourishing mother. I love it. And that this place is their home, man. And I want them to feel that way. It's important. That's the way I feel. And I didn't graduate from here, but I feel that way. Well, you sure enough are a Bronco. (laughs) Shall we do it? Fight on, fight on for Western. Take the ball, make a score, win the game. Ha! Onward for the brown and go. Push them back, push them back. Take us play. Yeah. Fight on, fight on for Western. Over one, overall, we will reign. Fight, Broncos, fight. Fight with all your might. Western win this game. Thanks for listening to uh, this podcast today with this special guest, Coach Billy Gernon. If you want to find out more information about Coach, the team, and all the exciting things coming for Bronco baseball, go to mywmu.com slash raise the W. That's mywmu.com slash raise the W. Thank you for being on the ride today with us, folks. Wherever you are, whoever you're talking to, whatever you're doing, make sure you tell them about Western Michigan University. And when you do, you're helping all of us to raise the W. Wow.